recording with the one and only Dr. Roger Hodkinson, who uh, most notably responsible for my second ever suspensioning from YouTube. And uh, we have not stopped yet. And Dr. Hodkinson is uh, if if you want to kill if you want to kill your podcast, bring on Dr. Hodkinson and he will ensure that you get banned from all of the anti free speech platforms. And if you're not sure which platforms are anti-free speech, bring on Dr. Hodkinson. He's like a he's like a metal detector. He'll he'll find them out and then they'll kill you. But like natural selection, then you just end up with the ones that are good. So uh That's with, a wonderful compliment. Thank you, absolutely. I wouldn't have it any other way. With that, Dr. Hodkinson, please introduce yourself to all the new listeners. Okay, well briefly, I've done a lot of stuff in medicine, um, but I'm not portraying myself as an expert in any of the subspecialities that are re- very relevant here. I'm not, a, I'm not an epidemiologist, virologist, uh, etc. I am a general pathologist by training who's done a great deal in his career. Um, I've been an assistant professor at the local university doing a lot of teaching. I'm a graduate of Cambridge University, UK. I've been chairman of the examination board for pathology of the Royal College of Surgeons and Physicians in Ottawa, making sure that residents are safe to read your breast biopsies um, and so on. I've been president of our provincial association of pathologists, but I'm most proud of um, having been the honorary chairman of Action on Smoking and Health for 20 years, taking on big tobacco um, with some success. during which I learnt uh, a great deal about uh, the media and lobbying, the, the political scene, and so on. Um, so by virtue of those decades in public health as an advocate, um, I am I probably a lot more knowledgeable than some of the, the clowns who pretend that they're specialists in public health today, um, with the exception of, notable exceptions, of course, of Jay Bhattacharya, Martin Kulgoff, Harvard Kirsch, Rish, and um, and so on. Um, no, I, I've earned my spurs in the trenches of public health, taking on big tobacco, and now we're taking essentially we're taking on big pharma and big government. Um, I like to get involved in big stuff, and uh, this is big stuff. Yeah, it's uh, and big tech. Don't forget that one. Don't forget that giant. Yeah. That's all oh, big tech. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So for all future listeners, today is Monday, December 6th, 2021. And uh, we have the evil, the newest boogeyman of the Omicron variant, which, Roger, I'm not sure if you knew this, but we're all going to be dead by Christmas from Omicron. Yes, you, you might you might like to know, your, your listeners that do crossword puzzles might like to know that the anagram of Omicron is moronic. uh, yeah i saw another one it was uh it's if you take delta delta and omicron i think it's a i think you can spell what can you spell you can spell media something i don't remember what it is and i'm butchering it so now i don't sound as cool but it you know on on one hand it's kind of it's kind of um it's kind of hope inspiring because these variants are starting to act as for people to go, wait, hold on. You know, people who before this would look at us and say, oh, you anti-vaxxers, you're literally killing grandma. Now are starting to look at it and go, what do you mean? Yeah, it's more virulent, but it's, well, one, first of all, it's not. But, you know, as these things get more virulent, they get less lethal, which would thus accelerate herd immunity. And I believe, I believe as of yesterday, Israel is now requiring a second booster shot on top of the first booster shot on top of the first two shots. And now, if you do do not get the fourth booster, if you don't get the fourth shot within six months of getting your third shot, your vaccination card is is no longer uh, compliant, and you can't get into stores and do stuff. So. Again, another conspiracy theory that they're just going to require you to take more and more shots if you want to participate in society is yet again true. And um, there's that great interview with that woman, Haley Hodgson, uh, who had to go to a COVID quarantine camp in Australia for 14 days. She just did an interview like three days ago. It's already got a million views. But COVID concentration camps, once a conspiracy, now 
Well, it's just for 14 days, that good, uh, that good compliant German citizen ideology. But Dr. Hodkinson, what are your thoughts on the, the big bad boogeyman of the Omicron variant? Well, it's another scariant. Um, the evidence to date would suggest that it's not only um, less virulent, but also potentially less transmissible. These these variants tend to get progressively weaker in a general sense with each iteration. And everyone should understand that RNA viruses constantly mutate. We know that is predictable. There will be more variants if they continue with this mad vaccination program, which is putting what we call evolutionary pressure on the virus to evade um, our immune system in some way. Um, and it, it is nothing to be feared. It's expected. It cannot be beaten. Zero COVID is a ludicrous concept from an epidemiologic perspective. These viruses constantly mutating are therefore um, less and less um, countered by the vaccine that was designed against the original version, the alpha version. Uh, they've changed significantly since then, particularly the Omicron uh, variant, scariant. Um, so the vaccines, the boosters, uh, all for yesterday's virus, they haven't a possibility of, of eradicating it. Every attempt to eradicate, I've got to be very, very clear here for everyone listening. According to the experts in the field, the, the virologists, the, the vaccinologists, vaccinating a mass population, billions of people, right in the middle of a pandemic, is known to fail. It's a political decision. It's a mad decision from a medical, biological perspective. It is guaranteed to fail because you're putting evolutionary pressure on the virus to evade. And it will simply make the pandemic continue. What should have happened a long time ago and could still happen is to stop this madness in its tracks completely stop the vaccinations for anybody, for anything, anywhere, granny included, and introduce appropriate measures, the first one of which is common sense, which has allowed us to survive multiple flu outbreaks in the past, early treatment as per the McCullough and Zelenko protocols with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, supplemented by vitamin D, and then just doing the, the usual thing. If you got sick when you had the flu, you stayed at home. You didn't need the bloody government to put its jackboots in your face. No, you were responsible. You didn't tap the person on ahead of you in the grocery lineup and say, excuse me, um, would you, could you turn around, please, because I want to cough in your face. No, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. We were responsible. And we can be trusted, government, you fascist bastards doing all of this. We can be trusted to look after ourselves. Get the, for God's name, get out of our space and stick to your knitting. This is why I love having you on. But it's true, right? And we can see already um, the discussion of the new Omicron vaccine? Will there be a new vaccine? And not only that, you can start to see, right? Who was it? Uh, uh, Ursula, Ursula von Dyer. I don't know how to say her name. The, the EU chief who I believe yeah. last Thursday, the December yeah. 2nd or whatever day it was, said uh, yeah. the EU should seriously consider scrapping the Nuremberg Code so that they That's can right. mandate it, vaccinations. It's no surprise that Merkel in Germany I know. <laughs> I mean, is is proposing a mandated vaccine for we, everyone. We shall, we, we shall no. have compliance in the vaccination program and you will take the trains to the quarantine camp for health for all. Exactly. It's no surprise that that initiative in Germany and the president of the EU, who is also German, 
should be saying these things. Yeah. It's yeah. no surprise. It's in their genes. <laughs> it's in their genes to be fascist. Yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah. though. I mean, you couldn't write this, that they're coming no. out. I mean, that a German, that a German is coming out and going, yo, got to get rid of this Nuremberg Code. Yeah, it, it's, it's, rather dangerous. it's rather dangerous, isn't it? They could be... It could be hanging us, so we better get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, the most offensive things are happening. Um, also, of course, uh, with children, which is one of my biggest motivators right now, is the attack on children. I phrase it like this, looking straight at the politician's face. Has it really come to this? Has it really come to this? You're proposing child sacrifice to appease the new gods of which you're claiming to be one. Has it really come to this? Because let me tell you something, Mr. Minister. It didn't work for the Aztecs to make the rain fall, and sacrificing kids will not protect granny in the nursing home. How dare you sacrifice our kids? They're not at risk. If they get it, it's like a trivial cold. And you're proposing to inject them with a toxin that is known to kill a certain number of them. How dare you do that? And how dare you have these jab, 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 jab clinics in schools where there's no possibility of informed consent, where the parents are sidelined? How dare you do that? It's state-sanctioned murder. And you will be held responsible. Watch out. We are coming for you. You are not immune from prosecution. There will be blood in the gutter when we're done with you. Watch out. I mean, you see it right now with, isn't it Pfizer who said that, and I can't say it off the top of my head, so someone will have to check me on it. But I think in the last week or so, they've said that they're yeah. hesitant to go into, there's one or two nations, I think in Europe maybe, or, or in Asia, they're, they're hesitant to go in there because they're not being granted immunity, uh, legal immunity. We, so right. we won't go in there because we don't have, we're not safe from all repercussions. When you zoom out and then look at Ursula von Hitler saying that we need to scrap the Nuremberg Code, and then there's, I don't know if you saw that, but there's a picture for like a month ago meeting with whatever his name is, Alan, I think it's Berla, the CEO of Pfizer. So you can kind of see this on a... On, on, on like a meta scale, right? You have Pfizer saying we're not going to go into these countries unless we can have the same legal immunity that were granted in all these other nations, which originated here under Trump, which is just you and I both agree on is just complete bullshit on Trump's part. But also you can kind of see it in a more zoomed out version of let's scrap the Nuremberg Code. Maybe we want to bend this stuff even more. Maybe we want to bend uh, what is deemed acceptable or legal under the Nuremberg Code to to do this and i mean it's it's moving more and more slowly i mean the uh the biggest one harris harrison harrison harris springs it's the the quarantine camp in australia of which there are several the original story came out two weeks ago that said the military was bringing indigenous in and i i i did believe perhaps at my own my own fault I did believe that maybe it wasn't bad because in my mind, first of all, I'm not there, so I, I can't, you know, I can't do anything but speculate. But I, when you viewed it, you're like, oh, well, these are this like beyond poor section of the populace. Maybe they're just getting health care. I don't know. I, I took the I gave them the benefit of the doubt. But there are now stories of individuals, young individuals in their teens, healthy, escaping from the camps. And then there are a whole lockdowns all around it stop the traffic start searching cars police are out this has nothing to do with a cough this is about let's, control let's get back to real brass tacks as we say in northern england this is nothing more than a bad seasonal flu john iodides stanford esteemed epidemiologist great Barrington declaration do nothing except protect the vulnerable. Jay Bhattacharya and Co. Everyone should understand 
that nothing of this magnitude should have been done. This has touched every single person on earth, if not medically, financially, inflation, scarcity, schooling, in every little village in Africa. It's affected everybody. It was all totally unnecessary if it had been managed on the basis of a regular flu, let it run its course, develop herd immunity, and move on. That is the scale of what's been happening and how grotesquely disproportionate it is to what should have happened. They can still do that, and they, 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 they still should. I, I want to say something. You mentioned Trump a minute ago. Trump was dead wrong in everything to do with COVID, but I'm still a Trumper. I believe in everything that he did other than COVID. Oh, I'm 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 an open fan of him. I, I think his COVID response and but, vaccine rollout was shit. But Trump has got to get ahead of this game. Because he didn't just lose the last election because of COVID, due to the Democrats maliciously um, manipulating absentee ballots in their favor because of people being afraid to go to the polls because of COVID, which is absolute nonsense. But they did that magnificently and with superb efficiency, Machiavellian. He lost the election because of COVID, ultimately. He could lose in 24 because of COVID. Because between now and then, the autopsies of this mad episode will be written by the likes of Alex Berenson and co. In lay language, making everyone aware of the most colossal calamity in human history. And they will try to lay that at Trump's feet because he was duped by the most vile man walking, flip-flop Fauci and Burks. Burks was the henchman, henchwoman. I, I should get my gender right. Get your gender's right, Roger. The, the henchman for, for, for Fauci to deliver the messaging to everyone. Trump's got to get ahead of this game right now. If anyone's listening, we can speak to him. Because if he doesn't, it will be laid at his feet and he will lose again when people are so revolted about the deaths that will be happening shortly in children, for example. When that's laid at his feet, that would be unsurvivable. So he's got to get ahead of that story, stand up, do the big mayor culpa, point his finger squarely at Fauci, who lied to him constantly. A businessman knows nothing about medicine. And Fauci had him, had him in the palm of his hand. Do the big mayor culpa, put your standard in the ground, and there'll be a roar from the population of support. It will not be damaging to see a politician contract admit mistakes. But he's got to do that now for all of us because he's the savior of democracy. If he goes down, we all go down. And the Chinese are loving it. Yeah. It's when we when we talk about shots and kids and now like scrapping Nuremberg, sort of forecasting what's coming and knowing to get ahead of it, which again it's Machiavellian, but it's it's brilliant. It's evil, but you have to respect it, just like you have to respect the 2020 election. Yet you got to respect the tactic when you see it. They're they're getting ahead of it now. With uh, you can see all the news articles in lockstep, like uh, climate change causing heart problems in kids. Uh, here come the cold weather, you know. And as they're just inserting it into the public psyche, like it's always been a thing. They're like, here come the winter blood clots. They're doing all this shit that you're like, I'm only 31, but the winter blood clots? Is this a phenomenon that I've never heard of before? Climate change is now causing heart attacks in children. Really? Just this just this winter? I mean, for the first time? What happened in the last year? And it's- well, it's, it's going to be climate lockdowns next. I mean, oh, 100%. We can see where it's going. No, th this is a defining moment for democracy. Humanity. Humanity. Yes, it goes beyond democracy. Um, and, and just to put a point on that um, issue, Tommy, 
COVID is a very fortunate in many respects event because it is finally focusing the general population on the translation of decades of wokeism mm -hmm. into every walk of life. The following of the herd, the I know best. Mm -hmm. all, you, all you need is a water bottle, Netflix, and, um, and everything's peachy, you know, and, a, and an iPhone, of course, for yourself is, as long as you've got those three, um, everything's peachy, isn't it? Um, we're under a, a potentially an existential threat to humanity from gain of function. It, it gets disappear. It disappears in the small print. Gain of function for everyone listening is when you intentionally manipulate a virus to make it more dangerous under the ridiculous academic concept of making it easier to study and making cures more, more likely. That gain of function is why we're in this mess right now with COVID, because it escaped from that lab, not intentionally, it just, was just a bloody awful lab in terms of biosafety. But the point is this, gain of function is not rocket science. It can be done in any molecular diagnostic laboratory. It's a bigger threat to humanity than nuclear weapons. It's, there should be an international moratorium on any gain of function anywhere for any reason. It could be going on in a lab in North Korea, in Iran, for example, right now. It's still going on in China and the United States and Britain, gain-of-function research. It's still going on, and Canada for that matter. So that's one of the big lessons that came out of COVID, the very fortunate event that made us focus on this threat. It's also made us focus on the dependence on China, for many things that are essential for our daily lives, not just microchips for cars, but pharmaceuticals, 90% of which come from China. There's an old theme in medieval battle called siege towers, starving your enemy to death. You don't feed your enemy. No one should buy anything from China. We need to starve them to death economically because they are, we are currently at undeclared war with China, but mm -hmm. an incredibly weak, that's an understatement, a feeble United States president who would get scared with a goose running at him and an and, and, and ascendant China with aggressive intent, just having launched a stealth missile, for example. Kremoy, the Taiwanese island, um, is within artillery, artillery range of the Chinese mainland. You could pick off Kremoy with artillery as a little toe in the water to see what Biden would do, which would be nothing. He couldn't do anything anyway. So we're at undeclared war with China. That's another big lesson that's come out of COVID. COVID could look like a walk in the park if there's another gain of function, a malicious gain of function escape. So people need to wake up to the threat that all this poses for democracy, for our future children's health, all the complications that are unclear that could be happening as a result of vaccinating our children, such as infertility, such as the possibility of accelerating cancer because of the surveillance system being um, diverted from monitoring the emergence of that, such as premature development of congestive heart failure and dementia because of the clot shot. Um, we know that 60% of everyone vaccinated has a disseminated a widespread intravascular within the blood system coagulation going on because of pos the positive D-dimer test. That's known as we've shown um, by multiple parties. That means that there is random cell death in organs that don't regenerate, namely the brain and the heart. That's survivable, that's not presenting as problems because there's enough reserve at that younger age. But it's that, young, it's that reserve that we depend upon when we, you get to my age, when 
you, you want to preserve as many functional neurons and heart muscle cells as possible to, to prevent the onset of the inevitable. Those are the risks that our children are now being exposed to, quite apart from myocarditis and the huge number that are being diagnosed. 500 in my own country, in Ontario. 500. 500. And they're calling it mild. CDC is calling this mild. Are you kidding me? Myocarditis is mild, never mild. And to put a point on that, the senior editor-in-chief of the world's most prestigious journal, the New England Journal of Medicine. His name is Dr. Rubin, a name that will go down in infamy as a result of what I'm going to tell you now. He was on the FDA committee looking at whether or not these vaccines should be approved for children. And he said on camera, well, we won't know what it does until we use it, will we? You can't, that's from a physician, an influential physician, as editor-in-chief of the most important medical journal in the world, who has the audacity to say, these, these kids could die. Well, well, we don't know, do we? We'll have to just find out. We'll have, it, we'll have to give it to them with an, without need, knowing full well it's not effective, and it can also kill them. But we won't know until we try it. He actually said that. Can you get a, a sense here, Tommy, for how pervasive this madness has become? Not just with politicians in Europe, the senior editor of the New England Journal, Biden, Fauks, Fauci, Burks, Bojo in Britain. I mean, the, the Australian experience. It's deep and it's prevalent. And that's why everyone has to stand up. You've got to individually stand up and take the shots, not the plot shot. Take, take, take whatever comes at you, all right? Whether it's job or family or educational opportunities or whatever, and whatever. You individually, everyone has to stand up and see what's coming. There's a train coming down the track to your personal city mm -hmm. and it's got your name on it. And now's the time to stand up before that train accelerates because it's like 1938 all over again. Well, they didn't come for me, did they? They came for my neighbor who happened to be a Jew. Well, sooner or later, they'll be coming for you. Yeah. So stand up now, now whatever it takes, because the very future of democracy and humanity, as you said, Tommy, is in the swing here. All because of this most absurd reaction to what is nothing more than a bad seasonal flu. There's, there are cracks starting to appear in the dam, very telling. This is not survivable in the long term. Tyranny always fails. But who wants to wait that long? It's got to implode now. And that's why any politician listening to this has got to get ahead of the curve now. If you want to preserve your pensions, forget about society, self-preservation. Yeah, that's my, that's my message for everyone listening. This is bloody, bloody serious. You can't ignore it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's you and I actually talked about this like 200 episodes ago, but I mean the first concentration camps you would go to, you'd only have to go to like for like 48 hours at a time and then they'd let you out. They would, there's, you could, there's like a, there was like a, a general mess hall and the inmates and the guards, they would all eat dinner there, drink gin, smoke cigarettes, play cards that's how it started. And then it went from 48 hours to seven days. Yeah, and, the soft cell. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, that's how this stuff starts. And it's becoming more and more apparent to those who don't want to see. And I get it. I don't want it to be true. I get no pleasure out of this. But at a certain point, 
you can't turn away from it. You have to look at it. You, you, you can see the smoke coming from under the door. The door handle's hot. You can smell it. The fire alarm's chirping. At a certain point, you have to go, I, got, I think we got to get out of this room. Like, it's not fun. It's scary to think about a fire. Man, I'm going to lose all my stuff. I don't have insurance. That all sucks. I get it. But at a certain point, objective reality is staring you in the face. And you have, you know, Chernobyl. It's just, you know, it's this isn't bad. This isn't bad till finally someone comes in. They're like, dude, they're detecting this over in, like, Sweden. Like, something's going on here. At a certain point, objective reality breaks through. But like you said, you know, tyranny does always fall. But Elon Musk talks about this and uh, he's quoted in the book um, uh, Space Barons by Christian Davenport. And it's all about the, you know, in 10 years, we'll have these rockets and 20 years, we'll have these rockets. And and uh, Elon's interviewed in it. He's interviewed back in like 2000 and he's going, we have this this misconception that as time goes on, technology advances, which to you and I, Roger, you, a doctor, me, just a, a podcaster, it, it does kind of seem like a thing that just moves forward, like rising snow levels or something. Yeah, the, the iMacs get better. The iPhones get stronger. Yeah, yeah. But as Elon points out, concerning rocket technology in the early 2000s, he goes, it only gets better because you don't see it, but people are mercilessly pushing it forward. They're, mm-hmm. they're going, they're making the baby steps. They're investing the money in the R&D and rockets are blowing up and you're losing contracts, but that's what pushes it forward. So instead oh. of, sorry, instead of waiting for tyranny to end, you have to start pushing forward. You have to, and it's pretty, it's pretty simple. I'm not saying you got to go get a gun and storm a building. I'm not saying that at all, actually, FBI. What I'm saying is, is, Hey, if, if you see something about the COVID concentration camps in Australia, or if you see something about myocarditis in kids, or if you see something about football players dropping on the pitch, post it online and you know what's going to happen? People are going to make fun of you and people are going to ridicule you. But that's the only price you have to pay. 70 years ago, the price you had to pay was German machine gun fire. Now you just got to post something on Instagram and you get a bunch of people commenting, oh, you fucking psychopath, you crazy. Hey, brush it off. It's all right. Which it's the least you can do. You have to push it forward. The the dam does break, but the dam breaks because there's a million little chips. To, if we just all sit here and go, the dam's gonna break one day, then we're gonna be sitting here until we're all marched into the showers and the Zyklon B <laughs> pops out and we go, huh? I thought someone else was gonna do it. Just just do your part. Just post stuff online if that's all you have time for. Post stuff online. Drop it here. Drop it there. Say, man, this is fucked up. My neighbor's kid just. He, he has myocarditis. He's seven. Just little tiny things. But we have to do it now because this isn't something that we can avoid. It's it's here. It, it is here it, and it's coming. You can deal with it today or you can deal with it in a month or you can deal with it in a year. But every day that you don't deal with it, it's going to be worse and more difficult to attack. So it's a tiny tumor now. Go get it snipped off before it goes into all your organs and goes to stage four and rant. Dana, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic monologue. No, no, no time. Fantastic Thank monologue. You. Fantastic. You know, gain of function is, is a classic example of um, the human race being too smart for its own good. Just because you can do something doesn't mean to say you should do something. Yeah. And sure. and you know, to, to a certain extent, the, the Achilles heel of democracy is called freedom. Because when freedom is exploited in, for example, gain of function or a, a million other ways with in our society, when, when freedom is exploited. Black Lives Matter, for example. When freedom is exploited without the essential partner of responsibility, that's when we get into trouble. There's been a decreasing sense of responsibility in society. Everyone wants freedom for everything, everywhere. (laughs) Handouts and the state, you know, being the nanny and all that. But unless there's a responsibility in the exercise of freedom, we're in a very dark place. 
wokeism has eroded responsibility by just not having to think about consequences anymore. Just, just take take the goodies and live your hedonistic hedonistic life. Um, you know, enjoy the swirl down the drain while it lasts. Um, without those old-fashioned, oh, those terribly old-fashioned and, you know, out-of-date concepts of, of societal responsibility to, to your neighbors, to your country, to the world, to the environment. You don't have to, you don't have to go to the extreme of being a greenie on responsibility. Uh, that, that's that's absurd too but there's got to be balance there's got to be balance in that equation of freedom and responsibility and, and that balance has gone out of the window and and covid is is merely <laughs> merely an example of that in full flood in full flood um the the the, the, the machination of government to suppress dissent to prevent um, information flowing. Um, how, for the vaccine, two fundamental aspects of medicine, of course, everyone's heard about it. First, do no harm and informed consent. How can you have informed consent if you are not informed? And the, the prohibition of information has not been accidental. It's been malicious. It's been the silencing of politicians, losing their jobs and caucus um, pension, re-election chances. It's been the media, the media, at least in Canada, being bribed into silence, um, gallons of money being being chucked their way, um, splashing around. Um, the the social media giants, of course, with their own with their own agenda of uh, knowing knowing what is right, you know, and suppressing everything else. And medicine, the, the worst of the lot, medicine has been viciously suppressed internationally um, in, in all the Western countries um, as, the, as the, the principal resource for sanity in all of this. Um, people have just not been getting the truth. So, yeah, it's, it's desperate times. Um, and COVID should be seen for the much bigger thing than it is. As bad as it is, as bad as all the consequences are with, with, with mandated vaccinations and passports and, and Nuremberg and so on, as bad as that is, as bad as killing kids is on the altar of our politicians, as bad as all that is, it pales in comparison to the end game. It's what do you think that end game is? Well, it, I, I don't think it's intentional um, desire to for genocide. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I take vaccines myself. Um, I'm an evidence-based physician. I've been my entire career. Um, no, it, the, the end game is, it, it's, it's Occam's razor in action. Mm -hmm. You know, the simplest explanation is the most likely one. Look no further than political stupidity. Just because you're an elected politician doesn't mean to say you're necessarily smart or responsible. Um, they back themselves into a corner and they can't get out of it. But politicians enjoy power and they're following the herd. And the herd gives them safety, like it does in any animal grouping. You know, in the in the plains of Africa, they all stick together because the hyena doesn't know which one to attack. Um, they're all running around. Yeah, that that's that's the my explanation of it. I I think to think that every leader had in the top right hand drawer the plan is yeah. ludicrous. Yeah, no, that's. But, Someone, someone would have blown the whistle, and, and it is just too monstrously stupid to contemplate. No, they're all following each other, and no one had the smarts at the very get-go of challenging the, of doing due diligence on Neil Ferguson's 
Armageddon projections. Everyone accepted that as going to happen, despite the fact that he was so wrong by orders of magnitude with previous pandemics. That was, if you like, the first mistake. The, the, the release from Wuhan was accidental. Um, but Ferguson, of course, I'm not sure if any, everyone knows this, but Ferguson is not a physician or epidemiologist. He's a theoretical physicist by training. He knows dick about medicine. And, and Imperial College London, where he, where he pontificates, guess who the major benefactor, donor is of Imperial College London? And then connect the dots. Bill Gates. Oh, Jesus. You don't bite the hand that feeds you, do you? Especially if you're a dynamical socialist like Ferguson. No. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on, a, I'm on my own rant here. No, 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 no. Keep going. <laughs> no, keep going. No, the, 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 those are the big things. The big things need to be repeated over and over again for, to get the attention of people. But the autopsies are being written as we speak on what has gone so monstrously wrong and touched everyone on the planet for the most absurd reasons imaginable. It's the most catastrophic event in human history in terms of its consequences globally. It exceeds the Holocaust. It exceeds Pol Pot. It exceeds Merit Seitung. It, is, it, it exceeds the pogroms in, in, in Russia. It exceeds the Ukrainian starvation. It's in a league above all of that, a quantum above that. That's the scale of what's going on, and it shows no no signs of ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so stand up. Yeah. Be count, be counted. Be vigorously vocal. Bang the desk of your politician. Go and see your minister and say, "Why, in God's name, literally?" Uh, I'm an agnostic, uh, but I go to the wall for religion. Go to see your minister and say, why in God's name are you hiding behind your pulpit? Your job is to lead the flock, and they're desperate for your leadership right now. Bang the, bang the desk with your politicians. Bang the desk with your church leaders, so-called. What did Jesus do in the temples? Sort of flipped the tables. I was brought up a Methodist, uh, even though I'm a known agnostic. Yeah, he didn't hide behind the columns. He turned over the bloody tables. And he took the punishment that was coming his way. Well, that's what we all have to do now in our own little ways. We've got to take the punishment that will come your way. Yeah. Because you can stand up now and make it so that we have a fighting chance. Or you can do nothing and then be demolished anyway. It's it's like one of my favorite quotes concerning like dieting and exercise and like live, you know, trying to get a physique you want. And it's you can either suffer the pain of discipline or you can suffer the pain of regret. Either way you're suffering. So which mm -hmm. one, which outcome do you want? Suffer and get something out of it, get some six-pack abs or suffer and 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 hate yourself. So it's it's you're suffering no matter there's no way around it. You're not not suffering. Okay, so you can stick your head in the sand now. I got my booster. I'm just, you know, doing whatever. What do I care? I'm, I'm compliant. Just do your anti-vaxxer, idiot. Stop. Parents should stop and think about the future for their kids. It's not just the monstrous national debt that's being imposed upon them in the future that result will result in increased taxes, subtax, reduced standard of living will result in reduced services, subtext, how many minutes it takes to get the ambulance to you to give you the clock buster for your stroke, the fire that started in the basement, the education that your children will not receive because of the need to repay the debt. All right, that's one horrible future that's not talked about very much. But look, upon, look at the other future for your children. We are injecting them as we speak with a toxic agent that they don't need that can not only kill them now, but potentially, and I use that word, I'm not trying to be a scaremonger, but the evidence is there scientifically, 
that there could be serious fertility problems for them in the future. Fertility problems for your children. Serious, unstudied, for which there's good scientific evidence from, for example, the Pfizer submission to the Japanese authorities that um, was obtained under freedom of information. Serious risks for fertility. Serious risks for premature onset of heart failure and dementia. And serious risks for cancer surveillance. We're already seeing um, the emergence of cancers that were previously, if you like, under control, getting out of control. The job of the immune system is one, it's got one job. It's to identify anything that's foreign getting in your body. Not just bugs like COVID, but cancer. Cancer is not you, it's different genetically. Major function of the immune system is to constantly surveil every nook and cranny in your body for cancer. If the immune system is suppressed in some way, such as with the clot shot and the, 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 the focus on, on one particular bug to the exclusion of any other function of the immune system, then things go totally haywire. We, we have been with this mad episode, we have been messing around in ways that we cannot currently understand with a perfectly attuned system to keep us alive until we're 85, the immune system. We'd, we'd be messing around with that on a wish and a prayer for the most vacuous of reasons without any clue about the long-term consequences. A normal vaccine is submitted to five to 10 years of study. Yeah. This one's been subjected to six months of study for very short-term events in a very limited number of demographics. We haven't a clue what it's doing to pregnancy. We are seeing suspicious increase in stillbirths and spontaneous abortions, as we call it in medicine. But it's more than that. The, the emergence of cancer that was previously under control, or, you know, we're, 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 you see, people must understand, the immune system is so incredibly efficient. Every, we don't know exactly the frequency of this, but think of it this way, every minute, every second, of every day, the lymphocytes are patrolling your body, quietly doing their business, killing off very small cancers, we believe, that don't get the chance to become clinical symptoms. That's happening all the time when you sleep, for every day of 85 years. That's what we're messing around with here. And we don't know. We don't know. Look at look at the color of my hair. I call it gray, not white, by the way. It's it's a beautiful silver. People that have my colored hair will recognize this word. Thalidomide. Oh yeah. Thalidomide. Flipper babies. That's right. How did that happen? Big Pharma thought it could play around with the protocol dispense with usual expected safety trials. And that's what happened. Yeah, thalidomide. Do we ever learn from history? Yeah. What we're doing to our kids right now could make thalidomide look like fine print. I think it will. I think that's that's really the only conspiracy I can kind of buy into. Because I'm, I'm with you on all this. It's... Yeah, the plan and the top. No, I don't see that. The only thing I could possibly maybe see is is you design a mass vaccination program that doesn't kill people because that, that would cause too much of an uproar. You would make it cause infertility. And that is how, that's how you would slow down population growth. That's really the only, 
of all conspiracies with COVID, I tend to think that it was a virus that got out from just a shitty lab and that corporations are just making a dime on it. The only thing I could look slightly past Occam's razor for is it causes infertility. It would be a it would be a passive depopulation. That's the only thing I could even kind of dabble. Because to just outright kill people would cause way too much. Uh, I mean, I, I I know about Gates and all that. I mean, he's a fucking idiot. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean. I think it's hello, a money grab. I think it's money hello, grab. Hello, Mr. Gates. Um, you may want to recognize that if you kill off 90% of the population, there may not be that many people buying your computers. Hello? Hello? No, the guy's an idiot. Um, just because, you know, he invented Microsoft doesn't make him intelligent. Um, and he knows nothing about medicine. But no, I, I don't buy into this genocide nonsense. I don't buy into graphene oxide and 5G and all that bullshit. I think, no. I think you're probably right. I think it's... I think it's Occam's razor. Hysteria, political, political one-upmanship. One Look at me. I'm stopping this virus. And then just print, printing the whole, money. The whole, the whole bravado, right? Zero, zero COVID. We need a, we can yeah. wrestle this to the ground. You know, it's just going to take two weeks. That's all. Are you with me? You bet. Hey. Oh, wow. Let's do it, man. You need. Let's go. Let's go get him. There's nothing like a there's nothing like a weak enemy for a nation to beat the shit out of to get out. Look at Desert Storm. You find a little enemy, you go in, you bulldoze them, and hoorah, that's us, right? I mean, yeah, you find a virus and you go, I'm gonna kick the shit out. I'm not gonna beat a real thing like Nazis you or see, you see, that was the ultimate motivation of Fauci. Oh, hundred percent. Let's look let's look at Fauci. Save your save your yeah. Let, let's look at this little man. This little weasel. Yeah. The little man syndrome, first of all, you know, full of bregado and strutting his little frame around the NIH for 30 years and making people count out to him. But the reality is, he never achieved much. He never got an HIV vaccine, right? Yeah, it's true. Always, always looking for some place in history, right? That was the motivation for gain of function that went horribly wrong. When that thing escaped and it got going in the lab, Fauci was the first man on earth to say to himself, holy shit, I did it. It was me. It was me. And that was the motivation for everything he got Trump to do because, God damn it, we're going to stop this because it's going, to, it's going to kill me. Forget about society. Yeah. It's going to kill me. Yeah. You know, the magnificent Fauci, right? And so he, that's why he doubled down everything that was known to, to, to possibly be used, yeah. including, including a warp speed vaccine program, which was which was his idea. It wasn't Trump, for God's sake. He was a brilliant businessman. Uh, but he duped Trump into believing that me, the great I am, Anthony Fauci, can go down in history you know, as the first person to develop an effective vaccine against an upper respiratory tract infection with new technology that's brilliant and just needs you to sign here, Donald, that everyone has total immunity from anything that happens, and I'll get it done for you. That's what happened at the table with Trump, and, and we we got evidence of that that lying um, firsthand, by the way. Um, without more said, um, yeah, that's that's Fauci for you. It was supposed to be his last hurrah, right? But it ended up being the last nail in his coffin. Yeah. It's it's going to come back to him. It's, it's, you know, justice is slow, but it always does. It always comes out. It always well, catches up. It always. Rand Paul has something in, in uh, yeah. Yeah, five years in jail, Mr. Fauci. I think I told you that last time, didn't I? 
Are you going to repeat the same lies again in front of Congress? Of course, the, the good guys in Department of Justice are going to make sure he's all right. Yeah, it's um, I think it will. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just optimistic. You know, it's like when a great white shark bites your leg off and you go into shock. Maybe my brain is just looking at like a global effort to enslave humanity, and so it's just protecting me, and that's what makes me so optimistic. But I don't think it is. I think it's still an uphill fight. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to come out on the other side. I really do. I don't think it's going to be easy, and I don't think it's going to be tomorrow. But I think no, it, I think we're going to win. I do. It'll it'll be the first win against wokeism, yeah. and it'll sensitize people to just how we got into that mess in the first place. Yeah. And as I said before, um, the best way to tackle wokeism is extraordinarily simple, and it's it's very quick. You turn off the spigot to the universities, the funding, so that they are brought to heel with a gnashing of teeth and claiming that their freedoms are being trodden on. But 90% of the junior faculty in all universities in the Western world are rampant socialists, if not outright communists. Surveys done on that. So until we control the junior faculty, who will become the senior faculty very shortly, until we control the faculty in universities, the the inculcation of our youth into their concepts of a socialist dystopia will be very difficult to manage. We have to crucify the universities if there's any hope for democracy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also just, in terms of, and we'll wrap up on this note, it's with censorship, you know, you have to, you have to follow all the way through. You can't just say, oh, YouTube is, you know, censoring people and, but I won't talk about it. I won't talk about COVID. I won't talk about mail-in ballots, but YouTube censoring no, you have to you have to lean all the way in. Get banned. You have to get banned and then you have to move to an alternative platform which no doesn't operate as well as YouTube and you have to bring your little audience over. It's easy to say Joe Rogan should do it or what No, you have to do your little part. So, you know, all my friends that maybe have 500 subscribers or 1000 subscribers oh. Go get so so what? Go, God's sake. No, what no, what I mean is what I'm saying is these little channels. You gotta get yeah. banned. Get banned yeah. and bring your tiny following over to Rumble or BitChute. And when exactly. enough people do that or, or, or wait for Trump's new social media. Yeah, platform. Trump's new thing in the spring. But don't even wait yeah. for that. Start now. And yeah. so it's easy to say someone with millions of subscribers should do it. No, do your little part. I got banned and I maybe brought over 500 people to Rumble who never used Rumble before but now use it right. to watch this podcast. That's wh- that's what makes change is a bunch of little tiny things pushing it forward. And so right. that's just kind of my side note because I see all these big channels on YouTube. YouTube is all about censorship. I'm like, hey, stop talking about it and actually fucking pull your dick out. What, say something. Say something about COVID. Say something about vaccine deaths. Say something about mail. I Like, I dare you. You, I'm a freedom fighter. I'm all about YouTube censorship. Hell yeah, talking about COVID. Oh, don't say that. I don't want to get banned. Well, then what the fuck are you do? You're just as bad. Nut up and get on there. I mean, I think the last sentence I said on YouTube before I got permanently banned was COVID was a lab-made bioweapon used to steal an election to remove Trump. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> you know, if you're going down, man, if your plane's going down, Plow into the target. Go full kamikaze. Take a page out of the book of the Japanese fighters. I mean, you know, if this is something you believe in, go for it. Go get banned. Hold up two middle that fingers was, and get banned. That was beautifully put. I, that I, was I, no. I I'm not even kidding. That was the last sentence I had that was on YouTube. It was, I it was it. poetic. I love it. A poetic I ending. But, that should be that should be on your grave when you go close <laughs> up. You know, you know, you know what's going to be on my grave? What? Never been to Vegas and never played golf. Never been to Vegas and never played golf. I would say I am become Roger, destroyer of podcasts. <laughs> you go on podcasts and they get banned. But Roger, let's wrap this one up. 
as yeah. always, it's a pleasure talking to you, my brother. Thank you for coming on here. And yeah. uh, I love Let's your ferocity. Again. Absolutely. We'll do it again and again and again until eventually yeah. we're thrown on the YouTube gulags. And then we'll podcast from there until they kill us. So, but we'll be on the right side of history, Mr. Kerrigan. We will. Oh, we will. And eventually, eventually we all just die anyway. So fucking go down on the right side. Eventually, in a thousand years, we'll all be nothing but a distant footnote in a memory of a gravestone. So be you on the right have, side. You don't have to tell a pathologist that death is real. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I'm preaching to you. You're like, Tommy, yeah, I know. I wrote the book on this. Death so. happens. Get used to it. So yeah, spoiler spoiler alert: we all die. And, and you, young man, you're a third Ben, so get on with it. I know. I I'm, hey, best case scenario, I'm a third done. Who knows what this life holds? So I, I look I look at it as I read, I look at it as I'm already dead and I'm living on borrowed time. Every day, I'm like, hey, I guess we're still running this thing. So yeah, I've often wondered that when listening to you. you know, what? Whether you're talking from down there or not, you know. Huh? <laughs> I'm I'm confused. You said you wondered if you were dead. Oh, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I I assume I'm dead every day, and I, just I, I, I thought the noises might have been coming from down there, coming from under your floorboards. No, that no. I'm going to be hiding under floorboards once the uh, vaccine Gestapo start patrolling homes, and I'll be hiding under your floorboards and in your attic. So, uh, well, I'll be I'll be coming to you because I think you got more guns than I have. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're going to join me in my compound out in the middle of the woods. We'll have some Delta Force guys. We'll be the last vaccinated men on Earth. <laughs> or the, sorry, the last unvaccinated men on Earth. But um, Roger, as always, a pleasure. Dr. Yes. Roger Hodkinson, thank you, sir. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Tommy. As always, my man. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. God bless. Tell the truth. Fight censorship and uh, do the right thing. Recording stopped. Peace.